Thanks for tuning into the Refuge Church Sermon Podcast. It's our prayer that the Spirit would use God's Word to stir your affections for Christ during this time. While we're glad to provide this online content, please remember that it's not intended to replace commitment and connection within a local church family. Now, here's this week's message. Um, Hebrews, oh, come on. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10, um, oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider how to stir, how, how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet, to meet together as it, as, oh my gosh, it, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day drawing near. The grass weathers and the flower fades. All right, am I on? Is that coming through? Looks like it. Good morning. Um, before we get going, uh, EGC and KR folks, look, I didn't forget. Uh, you can run, not run, walk out the doors. It's good. He's... It's okay. Uh, I believe the snack today in Elevate is Red Bull and Pixie Sticks. Happy 4th of July. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, Real quick, before we get started, uh, speaking of kids, does anybody have an update? I didn't get it yet on Paul and Amanda Wilson. They went into the hospital on... Baby came Friday. Baby came Friday. I don't know any more details. All right. So we have another one uh, that has been added to the mix. So once we get the stats, uh, we'll forward those on to everybody. But Paul and Amanda Wilson, bringing baby number three. Um, uh, and, and I'll pray for us here in a second, but I know the Kozlowskis, they also went to the hospital um, and they're about three weeks early. Um, and so, okay, sorry, I got, they got, got my dates wrong. They are nine weeks early. And so we're going to pray for them um, that uh, the, God would put his hand on them and the little baby uh, that that continues to go the way that it's supposed to. Uh, but also, um, if it's going to happen, um, this day and age is pretty good to have all the, the technology and folks that are uh, in place for that sort of thing. So I'll pray for us uh, in our time together today and, and we'll get going. Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you for uh, for you and and as the healer and protector of all and the heart that you have for children we pray that you would be at the Kozlowski's right now uh, that you would comfort them uh, that mom and baby would continue to be good as they are currently um, and that you would guide those doctors and nurses and all the folks uh, on that medical staff that they uh, would do all that they can to continue and uh, maintain a, a healthy pregnancy uh, for the little Kozlowski. Uh, we thank you for the gift of children um, and how amazing that they are. Father, I also pray that you be with our time together here, Spirit, that you would move through this place, that you would turn our affections towards you. Um, and uh, we thank you for this time that we have together. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so my name is uh, Jeremy Neville, and um, I'm one of the elders here. And uh, this is like the third time I've done this, right? So, you know, some folks are like, who's this guy? Um, but that's who I am. Um, but uh, 
we're been going through uh, this this summer our, our one anothering series, and so uh, Trey started off with love one another um, last week. Joel uh, spoke about greeting one another and uh, hospitality. Uh, today I've got encourage one another. Next week Jeremy Jacobs is going to be preaching. Am I right on that? Um, and so between he and I, this is probably going to be the best three and a half to five hours of preaching. <laughs> This month, um, if in case a bit of an inside joke, we tend to go long. Um, if you're ever curious and you want to go from here to Springfield, you could watch both of our sermons and make it to Joplin. So it'll be it'll be fine. Um, but today I get to get to talk about encouraging uh, one another and and what that looks like. And and we're going to go kind of into into two places. You know, what does it look like to encourage one another as believers? And then what does it look like to encourage folks that, that aren't believers, right? Or, you know, if you speak Christianese, the world, right? So what, what, does, what does that look like? Um, but I want us to be thinking through as we're, we're having this conversation about what encouragement looks like. Where does it come from? What, what, do, what encourages us personally? Um, and, and those sorts of things. And, you know, when I think about that, I'm thinking folks that are kind of close in your circle, right? You've got spouses, leaders, friends, relatives, you know, how, how do they encourage you? You know, does, does your spouse tell you you're pretty today? Or does your leader say you've done a good job? You know, those, those sorts of like little things that tend to mean a lot, but we're, we're going to be taking it a, a, a bit different path today. Um, so when I'm thinking of encouragement, I, I think of a lot, I've got a lot of like things that are kind of running through my head right now. Um, but the most recent one um, that, that really, really jumps out at me is uh, two Fridays ago, um, I was lucky enough to go to uh, a football scrimmage for the Francis Howell Central uh, freshman team, which my son's a part of. And so these kids that are freshmen, I've coached them myself when they were in the junior football league from sixth grade through eighth grade. And so like I'm watching, I'm watching my boys. Right. And it, what was really neat about this whole experience was we've got these freshman kids that are out there and they've got a set of freshman coaches and those those three or four coaches. They also coach up at the varsity level. But every single coach from the varsity level was there on Friday and working with these freshmen. That was not my experience when I played football in high school. Like, right. Rich, yeah. Like. You, you didn't get a look from any of the varsity coaches because you were a freshman and they'll deal with you in two years. But we have all these coaches out on the field and the kids are, it, it was this round robin thing. It was really interesting. It was ridiculously hot that day. And they probably had more snaps on offense than they would have over the course of four games within three hours. And so it was moving and it was really, really hot. And it was pretty much full contact, um, more or less. They weren't going to ground or anything, but they were, they were getting some good pops in. And it was a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I, I remember looking at these teams that my kids are going up against. And, you know, they're not playing, you know, like Howell North or St. Charles High. They were going up against Howell South. Uh, they were going against Howell. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it's okay to laugh at that. Um, <laughs> but they're going up against Howell. They're playing CBC. And yeah, exactly. And uh, Viani. Um, and then they've also got Eureka. And if you've ever seen the Eureka football team, they're all corn fed. They're massive. They're, they're just 
grown men playing this at the freshman level. And so I'm watching my guys and they're doing a fantastic job. Towards the end of the time that we had together though, my son plays center. Um, and if he snapped the ball 100 times that day, 60% of those were in shotgun. And if you're familiar, that's where the quarterback stands kind of far back behind the center. And he was lights out all day. And he was working these guys over. There was, <laughs> these, these D linemen had about 60, 70 pounds on, on Chase. And Chase is, is mean when he's, uh, he's great back in KR, but on the line, <laughs> it's, you guys know, like he's great in KR, but on the line, ugh, yeah, he's, he's mean. Um, and so he's doing a great job. And then we, <laughs> then we played CBC and he lined up against this bowling ball of a human. And, and this kid was easily 5'9", 5'10", and about 250. And, and Chase is all of 5'8", 5'9", and a buck 30 with his pads on. So there's a bit of a discrepancy there. Well, this kid was getting tired out, and Chase was getting pushed around a little bit. And then Chase lined up, and the quarterback was in shotgun, and Chase basically put the ball into orbit over the quarterback's head. And we were like, ah, oh, dang. Okay, no big deal. One bad snap. And then he lined up again when it was their turn, and that ball, right where the other one went. I mean, it was almost a field goal. Like, it was, <laughs> it was high. But the kid was concerned because one of his good buddies is the quarterback, and, and the job of an O-lineman is to protect that guy at all costs. And so Chase is like, I gotta get this ball out of here so I can deal with Gigantor here, right? Third ball, whew, like one, two, three in a row. And right there, I was like, ugh. He's got the yips. Like, this isn't, this isn't getting fixed right now. And, and he, was, he was down on himself, and he was walking over. I'm going to try and keep it together here for a sec. But the head varsity coach, his name's Malik Radigan, comes over to the huddle and puts his head, or his hand on Chase's head, and pulls him in close and just starts talking to him and is encouraging Chase and saying the thing that I hoped he was going to say, which was, you've been doing lights out all day. Let these three go. And if you're a Ted Lasso fan, you goldfish this, right? You just forget it. This, these three oopses do not define the good work that you've been doing all day, right? And that was how his whole staff is. And we saw this so many times where a kid was, would try and make a play, and the first thing out of their mouth was the good thing that they did. And then they encouraged them further by saying, that was fantastic. Here's the adjustment you need to make to see it all the way through. Which wasn't a bad criticism by any stretch of the imagination because it was being done, A, with love, and B, was completely encouraging to these boys. And so I watched these guys, and it was... It was absolutely fantastic. So in kind of moving through what that looks like, both from, from an encouragement perspective for us as believers to other believers and then into non-believers, um, Scripture is pretty clear um, that we should uh, be encouraging one another. Um, and so I'm gonna, we're going to be jumping into some, some different pieces of Scripture through here. So um, not all of them are going to be up there. In fact, there may not be any, but it's fine. Um, so what Cecilia read in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, 
but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And in Romans 12, verse 10 says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. Now, I'm going to go a little bit ahead of what we just read in verse in uh, chapter 10 of verse of Hebrews. Um, But just before that, in verse 21, it says, and since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. We'll come to that in a second. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good work. So that promise that promise is actually talked about in First, Thess- First Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. And this is that promise. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, he or sorry, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. So that promise that we encourage one another with is that God is going to do what he said he was going to do, which is come back and make all things new. That is the end goal. And so when we think about encouraging one another, we're thinking about encouraging one another with that being being the end state. So I think we all love encouragement, right? Like, is there anybody that like, don't say anything nice to me? No, no. Okay, cool. Um, But there's a difference between encouragement and and like good encouragement, right? Like, I I think sometimes, you know, encouragement is never sarcastic. Like, oh, yeah, great job. Like, that's not actual encouragement. Um, you know, it, it's not going to put somebody else down. Hey, you did this great, way better than that guy. Like that's also not, <laughs> that's also not great um, encouragement. It's always going to be founded in truth. And, and I've seen some of this, like I, I just saw it, you know, with, with, with the football team and, um, and whatnot. And that was one of my favorite parts of the, as a coach was, was encouraging my players. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, for a time, uh, I was in the army, uh, from about 2006 until 2013, somewhere in there. And, um, I remember going to basic and when I went to basic training, uh, down in Fort Benning, uh, Georgia, uh, I was, <laughs> I was, uh, 26 years old. So I was a late bloomer, um, when it came to being a private in the army. Um, most folks were 17, 18, maybe 19 years old. And here I was with a wife and a kid and a mortgage. And <laughs> that's, that's a whole other story. But you get pulled out of your family or you leave your family. You don't get pulled out necessarily. That was a long time ago. But you, you leave your family. You go down into this place. You start doing all this army stuff. And you're separated from your family and all these things. And you just like are getting bombarded with how to stand and do all the, like there's so much. And everybody's yelling at you. And legitimately, three weeks from being a civilian, so three weeks from when this happened, I was selling phones, like cell phones, at a Sprint store. Fast forward three weeks, and I'm standing on top of a tower that's 60, 70 feet above the ground 
with a harness that I made myself out of a rope getting yelled at. And I'm supposed to trust that this drill sergeant is just saying, get in an L shape, put this at the small of your back and lean back. And I'm like, <laughs> mm, <laughs> this, like, this is a little strange. I don't feel, I'm not super comfortable with this. I wasn't a fan of heights anyway. Like, and, and when you climb up this, it's not like you climb up this nice little rope ladder, you know, on the way to the top of this thing. And there's just this cushiony soft goodness, like at a jump park waiting below you. It, it was like the, it was a ladder, but the rungs were about this far apart. They were this big around and you had to go 70 feet up. And the only thing that was down there was like wood chips. So that's, that's like a one way ticket, right? Like that's, you don't want to fall. So all of these things are going, and when you get to the top, there is this many ways down and it's not using the ladder. And so I, I went through and I did it and I had a blast, like repelling. I was like, oh, this is it. I'm like, man, sign me up. There were a lot of other kids though, <laughs> where that was not where they wanted to be. And listening to the drill sergeants encourage them at the top <laughs> was A, hilarious. Uh, but B, it did get everybody off of there in some way, shape, or form. There were some guys where they like, you could see it like well up in them. And when they decided to do it, they, they came off with this confidence. And it was really, really neat to see. But then there were others where like they went ahead and did it. And when they repelled, they hit the thing and then they pushed off. And then it was just like, duh, 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 duh. Yeah, and it was their back and their butt and their head and their back, like the whole way down, which again was kind of funny. But because it wasn't me. But, but you see, that's, that's like, yeah, that's like, okay, encouragement, right? Like that's not, you know, it's not everybody's experience clearly. Um, the other place I've seen some pretty amazing encouragement that's, that's more constructive in nature. Um, so my wife and I, we, uh, and there's a couple other folks here that, that'll understand this, but uh, we go to a CrossFit gym. Yeah, I know. It's, it's fine. It, and if you don't know about CrossFit, just ask us. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Trey's not here, so I get to talk about it, right? So, um, and, and it's been really great, and I get it. Like, I've also clearly never said no to a taco. But um, it's, it's really cool when we get into these, these modes because like, it's, like this sh it's, it's, it's shared suffering, okay, is what it really is. And, but what's really neat about it is you're doing these really, really hard things, and when folks, you know, the whole thing is like you don't, you'd never finish alone. And so it's not that everybody's done and just kind of like, well, I guess we'll wait before we clean up our stuff so this guy can finish. Everybody comes around you and everybody's clapping and they're cheering you on. And when there's competitions, everything gets loud and like you're able to do these things that you're like, I would, could not have done that yesterday, right? And it's this really neat community that exists. Um, and it's incredibly positive, even though it's really, really hard. Um, but, it, it, but it propels you forward to do some of these things again that maybe you couldn't have, have before. And it's, it's a neat thing to be a part of. But as believers, Christian encouragement, again, is different. Because this Christian encouragement, when we are, are encouraging one another, we're, we're doing so because we are understanding and we speak the same language when we say words like imago Dei, right? Like you are the image bearer of the one that created the world. If you go up to somebody, you know, a rando on the street and you say Imago Dei, they're going to be like, hmm, I don't know what that means, right? You know, here's a buck, whatever. So it's, it's different, however, 
when, when you're speaking these things um, to one another as, as believers. But why is, why is it important? Well, as, as image bearers, as, as ones that are carrying the image of Christ, Christ equals truth. And if we are in Christ together, that would stand a reason that we are also in truth, right? And this means that the encouragement we impart should be and would be Christ-filled or Christ-centered and therefore truthful. If that's the, the place we are coming from, then, then that is how we should be communicating these things. So that, that's kind of the, you know, should we, right? Yes, the answer is yes. But how do we pull this, this off? How, how are we to encourage, but also, how do we receive that encouragement from, from fellow believers? So going into, into First Thess- Thessalonians, I can't even say that right now. First Thessalonians 5 verses 10 to 12. This is the, in the New Living Transa- Translation. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. So what truth are you, are we speaking into one another's lives as, as image bearers in that Imago day? And, and, and what does that mean? What that means is that each of us have God-given worth. Okay, we have value. And that value isn't in what we're doing you know, it's not in our occupation. It's not in, you know, how much money we have in the bank. You know, a lot of this, and we'll talk about this here in a second, but a lot of what maybe the liturgies were being told that gives you that worth. That worth is in that Imago Dei, that, that image bearing that you have. So when we are talking about encouraging one another, what, again, what does that look like? Are we praying over one another when we're struggling or when we're rejoicing? Um, how are we pointing each other towards Jesus when we're, when we're struggling? What does that look like? Is that the first thing out of our mouth? And it, it's hard to do sometimes, but is that the case? And when we speak truth, can we be kind when we're speaking truth into someone's life and call out destructive behavior? Would, would calling out that destructive behavior, is that considered, in, you know, would you consider that encouragement? I mean, some folks, you know, maybe like, well, let me live my truth. Is that, is that like, really? Even if it's destructive? Does that make sense? So as Christians, again, we're to remind each other of that Imago day that we are image bearers and, and should not be something that should cause us to think too highly or too lowly of ourselves. So the three pieces, when, when I think about encouragement and, and where that should be pointing, is that Christ has come, right? It's part of our story. Christ has come. Christ has risen. And Christ will come again. And, and that's how we, how we pour into this. So in that, in that frame of Christ has come, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again, we think through kind of what that means for our lives from a liturgical perspective. So liturgies, you know, we, we do our liturgies here, um, you know, the repetitive nature of repeating scripture, um, you know, telling of, of the, the salvation or, or the good news story uh, every single week. But we also hear 
these liturgies that are um, oftentimes in opposition of those things through our lives every single day in a lot of our, rea uh, our interactions, whether it's at work or, or wherever. <clears throat> and and we, we hear those, again, from some from truthful, truthful places, some from not. But the enemy, mm, man, enemy's good. Enemy's real good at weaving lies into all of this stuff, right? Weaving lies into uh, what looks like encouragement. And, and those, those lies play into, at times, perceptions we have about ourselves. And those perceptions or those lies are, are things that are not founded in, in whole truth. And this is where it gets a little sideways because sometimes there's, there's like a little bit of truth in it. But, but we take and we run with that and like, you know, maybe the shame monster gets a hold of its bat and starts just going to town. And now we've created this, this chasm of deception that we're, we're leaning into and believing because it's easier to believe that against ourselves than it is that, that God said, is who he says he is and we are who he says we are, right? The grand story, though, again, that Christ has come, Christ has risen, and Christ will, will, will come again, defeats those lies. And this ultimate truth really casts those shadows into light. And, and again, with, with these lies, guys, and, and this has been a, a huge, huge part of my story, in, in those lies separating me from, from those that would encourage me the most. Right. When we're, we're in community and we'll, we'll go into this in here in just a second. But when that separation occurs, you start believing these these lies and it's nasty. It's from hell, y'all. OK, can we just like I think a lot of times we like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm getting lied to right now. Or like we, we kind of feel kind of what some of those attacks may be. Guys, it's <laughs> these lies that the enemy is preaching. It's not like these lies are coming from like Potosi. Right. Like that's I mean, Potosi's not great, but. These, these lies are coming from the pits of hell, y'all. And I don't want to get, you know, too, I, I don't have a towel up here. I'm not sweaty enough yet to really get into it. But, but that's where these things are coming from. And, and I think that we try and sugarcoat it because we, we don't, we can't see it. We don't know about it. You know, we don't have a lot of, you know, we just kind of cast it off to the side. But that's where these lies are coming from. And, and this enemy is trying like mad to separate us out and get us away from community and what seemingly could be good things but are ultimately lies where he can pick us off. You guys, uh, man. So now you can just like go onto YouTube and pull up like whatever videos you want about anything, right? Back in my day, um, what we used to have to do is wake up early on a Saturday morning or wait until the ball game was over on a Sunday afternoon and they had an hour and a half spot to fill so we could watch the Mutual of Omaha like safari videos or show. Did anybody remember Mutual Omaha? Merle, was it Merle, Merle Olson? I don't remember who it was. And it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> half you guys don't care anyway. It's okay. But, but it was like our time to watch a cheetah pick something off, right? Like... This was TV, 
Okay, and that that and and we'd watch lions and how they would hunt and do all these things. And, and the scripture points out pretty clearly that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking to whom he will. Thank you, devour. Right? Like this wasn't. This isn't an analogy. This is fact. The devil prowls around like a lion. Who is the lion looking for? It's looking for the ones that are pushed out away from the rest of the herd that have been separated for one reason or another, and they're all alone. You ever see a lion looking at a, a herd of wildebeest that's got, you know, 18 tons of horns pointed out and all the, the other ones in the middle? The, what do lions do to that? They're like, not my monkeys, not my circus. I'm not, I don't want any part of that smoke. No thanks. Maybe there's a line out there that's like, I don't think I can do it. And then they learn. <laughs> we have a saying in my house, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That's a stupid prize. Like, you don't want to do that. But that's what happens. And, and when we, so to get back to it, um, when we are talking about our, the, the lies and these things that separate us out when we are believing things that aren't encouraging, that aren't of truth, those false Perceptions that we have are these lies, and they and they separate us out from the rest of these folks. Um, is absolutely detrimental to our walk with Christ. It's absolutely detrimental to the ability that we have to speak that truth into one another. And so, to that end, if we are wanting to be encouraged, and we want to encourage others. How do we do that? And Joel talked about it a little bit last week. And, and this is where things get a little, kind of feel it about right there. How do we do it when we're not present where other believers are? I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I'm going to spend a little bit. Because I think it's incredibly important um, to talk about being in community and how that impacts everything. All of these communal disciplines, these things that we're talking about this summer, um, being present matters. Because it's really, really tough to do these things removed from community. And, and here's the thing. Social media has got some really, really awesome things. And it's got some, it's got nasty things too, right? I think we can all agree that it does that. I love the fact that I can communicate to an old high school friend and tell him happy birthday, um, you know, from, from across the country. I think that's fantastic. Somebody gets a new job and you can say congratulations. I love some of that stuff. But it doesn't make up for face-to-face -face connection. And, and this is what we were designed for. Um, there's a book I was reading by John Eldridge, and, and one of the things he mentions was that, that our souls are village-sized, right? We were never meant to take in the amount of stuff that we do. That was not our design, y'all. Our design is here. This is what we were designed to take in. About this big. And so the encouragement there is, is to show up. It's not to be perfect. It's to be present. And it's very, very difficult to receive that encouragement without being present. If you are feeling like you're not connected and you're not receiving that encouragement, 
do a real hard inventory about how often you are putting yourself in front of folks that can encourage you and you can encourage them. And these doors are open four days, four, four times a week, four times a month, right? Right now, we've got uh, gospel community groups, uh, most of which are we meeting weekly, monthly. But during the school year, um, they're meeting every single week. So you have eight opportunities a month, give or take, depending on the schedules, to meet with folks that have similar belief systems, um, are, are wanting to hear about your struggles, that want to share that burden with you. All of these things are happening. And so, <laughs> this is, <laughs> here we go. It, nobody's walked through a minefield with snowshoes on, and I kind of feel like that right now. But if you're showing up within that community two, three times a month, are, how, how much are you allowing then for folks to speak into your life? Or you in the theirs? Because you have an experience that is valuable and sharing that is beautiful. So if you're not feeling that, you take a hard look at what you're doing to invest and maybe, maybe that's where you are. That could be the cause. Just throwing it out there. And the other question I have is if that is the case, where else in your life is that, oops, where else in your life is that acceptable? Like if you showed up half the time for your job. If you showed up half the time for the job you had. The encouragement there, okay? So I, you know, I need you guys to hear my heart on this, right? And it's not getting hit over the head with a righteousness bat, okay? It is, it is 100% me saying, I don't do this perfectly, A. B, the job isn't to do this perfectly. It's to look at where you're investing your time and what's important. And what we are clearly being told by scripture is that this is important. Investing your time with other believers is important. And the reason for that is that you have folks that can encourage you in ways that non-believers or folks that are outside of this space simply can't because they don't have the backing of truth that the believers do. I'm not going to belabor that any, anymore. So we talked about how we um, are encouraged by one another. I want to talk a little bit about how, how we encourage folks that are outside of these walls, uh, non-believers, the world, if you will. Um, Romans 14, verse 14 to the end of the chapter, Paul's talking about uh, how the authority of God was, uh, that was given to him says that no food is wrong to eat, if you're tracking with some of that, excuse me, and talks about how to interact with folks that might have different feelings on some of these subjects than, than what he has. And, and thusly us. So assuming we're operating like Paul, right? Chapter 15 starts with this. 
We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. Again, he's referring to uh, eating meat that's been offered up to idols and some of these things. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. We must not just please ourselves. So we don't, we're not saying these things to make us feel good. We're not reaching out and encouraging un- unbelievers because it gives us the warm fuzzies, right? That, that's not what we're supposed to be doing here. When we are around these non-believers, like the question is, how considerate are we? Um, the other side of it, are we too considerate, right? Like that's, uh, man, it's just this slope, right? Like we're, we're I want to be considerate. Um, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to Jesus juke every conversation, right? Anybody heard that term before? You guys never heard Jesus juke before? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a thing, right? Um, but we don't want to get into these situations where we're, we're hitting everybody over this, the, the head with the Bible, like, bam, this is what you should be doing. Because it falls on deaf ears, right? That's not, that's not how Jesus interacted with those that were non-believers. Like, he, he did not and would not say that sin was okay. Not once. You guys remember that? Uh, there was that verse, I forgot where it was, where Jesus was like, live your truth. It's right next to um, God won't give you anything you can't handle. They were like right. At, so the sarcasm asterisk there is that those things aren't in the Bible for those of you that aren't following along. <laughs> um, because Jesus says you must die to who? Yourself. And so if you take a look around, um, there's not a lot of dying to yourself going on right now, Right. When we look outside of what we are believing as believers, there's not a whole lot of that. So there's, there's, some, there's automatic tension, okay, between those of us that are believers and folks that aren't. Because as believers, we're to die to ourselves, And those that aren't believers, they're told to be true to what? Themselves. Live your truth. That is a natural rub and so it can be very, very difficult to, to live in that tension, to push into it, because it can fall on deaf ears, because folks are just like, here we freaking go with the Jesus talk again. This is the last thing that I want to listen to. You're going to tell me how much of a bad person I am. And then, and then like, you're going to tell me all the things I can't do now. And that's a tough place to be. It's a real tough place to be. So my encouragement when we're when we're moving into some of these spaces, and I'm not saying, guys, this is another thing. I'm not saying that we just like go and live in a commune on an island somewhere, you know, and and we just do not interact with the outside world. There's nothing in Scripture that supports that. Um, you know, as a, as a church, we don't support that. Uh, that that's not how we operate. Our our job. Is, is to go out and live as Christ lived and love others well. That's our job. It's not to be too quiet or too loud. 
is we walk, we hold these, these, these truths, we hold these things we believe humbly, and we communicate them as such. And the hope, guys, is that the Spirit would work through that, and the Spirit would win these folks to Jesus, and it's not us. But we live our lives in such a way that it's pretty clear the hope that we have within us. Trying to see if I, how far I skipped ahead here. Pretty far. All right. Okay. Was it? My hope is that this is pretty helpful, um, and I'm and I'm getting ready to close up. So, that's that's neat. Um, so, a takeaway to this because we can't like talk about one anothering and just be like, all right, take luck, you know, enjoy. Um, so. The takeaway is I want you to think of three people right now. Three people. I'm going to give you the categories. So don't just look around and be like, uh, Hal, Joel, Mike, right? Like, not like that. But I'm going to, you're going to think of three people. And I want to think those three people, let's take a week, and we're going to talk about how we're going to encourage these three folks. All right? So I want the first person... It, it, this, this first one's a Mark McGuire bell tie fastball. All right, somebody that's close to you. How can you encourage somebody that's close to you this week? Like genuinely encouraging, and it's not like I'm not going to pick Tiffany and be like, "You're pretty." Like that's, but encourage them as a believer, at, with that imago day in mind. So it's going to be a little bit deeper. Okay, this this encouragement that we talk about isn't the you're really nice. Like it's not it's not the stuff you write on the back of a high school yearbook, all right, that, that you don't believe anyway, okay? How many, of, how many of us are still keeping in touch? KITs? No. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. The second I want is going to be kind of more of a, like a, a mid-tier connection, okay? And this mid-tier is going to be, you know, could be a, a co-worker, right? Somebody that you, you, you know, share a cue ball with potentially or that you see in passing. Maybe you've gone to a happy hour together after work or, you know, a golf outing or, you know, some, some sort of like, like mid-tier person. Like maybe, and maybe it's somebody where you're just like, gosh, I would really like to be closer to them as a friend. And maybe this is kind of your, your foray into that. Number three, someone you'd rather not share an Uber with. Okay, it, look, I'd, I'd be—I'm not going to sit here and, and say that you know nobody doesn't—you know—there's not a single person on the earth that bothers me. Oh no, there's lots of folks that bother me, right? And it's a problem, and I'm working on it. Um, if you've ever ridden with me in a car, it's everybody else. Um, <laughs> never mind. Um, but here's the thing. With this, this third person, that someone just needs to hear from another human that they're seen and that they matter and that they have worth. And I, I think it's, it's our job as believers to be that encouragement, right, to those folks. 
And that part is so hard because what if it's that guy that's just gonna keep talking at work, right? What if it's that person? What if it's that kid at school and nobody sits with them at lunch? They're always walking around by themselves. That's tough. Because it could mean like you're sacrificing some things. Like you talk to the, some of these folks and you want to be genuinely encouraging and you want to love on them. And then you've got coworkers, you've got schoolmates or something along those lines. They're like, what are you talking about that? And now you got to explain it. <laughs> well, you see, I believe in Jesus and this is what we're called. I'm like, now, now, now I have to say the quiet part out loud. Like that's tough. It's okay, don't feel alone in that. But those are the three things that I'd like for us to take away. Let's, let's encourage somebody that's close. Let's encourage somebody that's kind of in the middle. And then let's take a step outside of our comfort zone and encourage somebody that we notice desperately needs it, but we've been afraid to do it. All right, I'll pray. Father, we are so thankful for you and for your spirit and for your encouragement in our lives. We pray that we would be able to take this out away from here and step into those places that are, are tough for us to step into, uh, that we would love others well, that they would see the hope that we have within, inquire about that hope, and wonder why we're doing things a little bit differently than maybe most. Father God, you are uh, the great encourager. We thank you so much for that spirit of encouragement that you put into us. And we pray that we would not keep it silent and that we would share it with everyone around us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Building our identity in Christ for the sake of the world. That's the mission of Refuge Church. For more information, visit us online at seekrefuge.net.